Welcome back, everyone, to the We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast. That is Stacy, And that's Pete. And the movie we're covering this week is from 1999. Mm-hmm. So therefore, we will party like, like it's, it's 1999. So what were you up to in 99? This is when I started to really become a grown-up. I had my first real job. I think I had bought a car or maybe in like 2000, like my first car that wasn't $500. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know what else I was doing. I was working a lot and I was doing a little bit of level building for video games. Ah. That's what I was getting into. And breaking my heart. And breaking your heart. Oh. Oh. Little Stacy. Just little (laughs) Stacy. And if you want to hear more about that, go check out the top five love songs episode. We dig into that a little bit. We do. So for me in 1999, I was in the middle of my freshman year of college. uh, And this is also when I started going to a lot of concerts, Mm -hmm. mainly in sync concerts. (laughs) And I was following them all over the country. Like I met people that had already been doing that type of thing, like with the Backstreet Boys. Really? And going to see their hotels. And I learned like the tricks of the trade as far as like being a little groupie. Have they ever made a movie about like, I can't say modern, but it's more modern boy band groupies? You know, I believe that they're making a movie about these two girls that won an RV on The Price is Right and used it to follow sync on their Pop Odyssey tour in 2001, in the summer of 2001. I think that's the year they did it. Did you ever meet these girls? No, but I saw them. Like you I did saw, see them? I saw the RV, yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really go out of my way to try to meet them. Right. But, you Were know. you jealous? Yeah, probably. Yeah. You know, just that they got to go to every show. Where did they get the money to like, because it's one thing to have an RV, right? You got to gas it up. You got to not have a job. You got to pay for tickets. Yeah, the tickets thing, I'm not so sure about, but they may have, who knows, like maybe they got sponsored or maybe, you know, like maybe they gave them tickets to every show. I don't know. Maybe radio stations would give them to them Mm. because it was sort of well known if you were paying attention or, Mm. you know. In the community. Yes. Yes. On the message boards. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so you would do a lot of that on the message boards as far as like talking with your buddies about NSYNC I mean, and it was obviously focused on the guys and like people would gossip, you yeah. know, all the different threads and everything. But I, I didn't spend a ton of time on there. I would go on there for pictures okay. to find new because that's where all the new pictures would be uploaded of like people that saw them at hotels or at clubs or whatever. You would get all the gossip. You would sell photos too, right? I did sell photos. Yeah. Like physical photos like that you took. Like on eBay. Yeah, on like eBay. Yes. And you'd make a pretty penny off of some of them. Yes. It's such a cottage industry. I made a lot of money. Like that's how I actually paid for a lot of the concerts that I went to. Really? It was because people would pay like 50 bucks for one print of a picture. That is crazy. I wonder if those people still have that print. I don't know. I hope so. But I found some that I had bought from other people Mm -hmm. and probably spent. I don't know if I ever spent 50 bucks on a picture, but way more than I should have been spending on a picture. Give me an example of a $50 photo. Well, my magical photo that everyone bought. (laughs) Well, there there were a few that were really popular. 
But there was one where Justin is smacking his butt <laughs> during a, a song. and How I close just, is it? I, I mean, it was from, I think, the front row. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. A lot of my front row pictures, you know, yeah. got a lot of attention. A Would- lot where they're wearing like tank tops or wife beaters or there's one where I think Justin or maybe JC are like lifting up their shirt, like just just like adjusting, but you can see their stomach and like the band of their underwear and that sold. (laughs) (laughs) So listen, I loved those boys, but I definitely profited off of them for a little while. Would you take these with a digital camera or a film camera? Uh, A film camera. Okay. Like a disposable or a good one? A good one. Really? I mean, not like a good, good one. But a decent one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I I remember like the stress of having to change out the film roll in the Mm -hmm. middle of the show. Yeah. That had to be tough because it was probably dark. It was dark. And then like, oh, did I get it in there right? Or did I ruin the film at all? Yes. And the other thing we used to do is we would (laughs) we would bring in a mini tape recorder and record the shows so that we could listen to them after you know, on cassette tapes Mm -hmm. and we would like stick it in the back of our pants and somehow get through security. They would do the like metal detectors and stuff, but they never caught us. Obviously things weren't as tight back then, but, and that was the other thing was you ended up learning, like we went to so many shows. So you ended up learning the song that you needed to flip the tape over or it was going to cut off. Oh, from like a time standpoint. Yeah. Like you knew the point in the show when you, like when you knew that they weren't going to be on stage. So you could go flip it over and record again. Early bootlegging. Yep. Oh, good old days. Mm -hmm. Those were some of the most fun times of my life, though. Yeah, like I I get a little embarrassed to talk about it with like you Mm -hmm. and with other people that weren't a part of that world because people can be judgy. But I I don't don't, judge you. I know. I I know you don't, but I don't care. I mean, listen, I don't even know how I fell into that whole world, but it was great. I can see how that would be a lot of fun. It was. It was just fun fun and it was exciting and you never knew it was going to happen and had so many just cool experiences along the way. Yeah. I never did anything like that. So I'm a little jealous. Good on you. <laughs> little adventurous soul. <laughs> All right. So we said the movie was in 1999. It was the British American romantic comedy Nodding Hill. So it was directed by Roger Michelle. The screenplay was written by Richard Curtis, and it was produced by Duncan Kentworthy. So it's a story about a romance between a London bookseller, William Thacker, and a famous American actress, Anna Scott. She happens to walk into his travel book shop. And the story ensues. It does. And hasn't that been everyone's fantasy at some point, that you would just randomly meet some famous person, and they would just fall in love with you? Um, Maybe hmm. it's not been everyone's fantasy. I don't know. Maybe it was for me with Madonna and Pam Anderson. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was fun because we got to see this dynamic play out on film where, I mean, I'm sure it happens a lot because I think there are a lot of celebrities that are with, quote unquote, regular people. Well, this is based on a story where this happened. Right. Remember, Hugh Grant mentioned that he kind of let the secret out a little bit that this is based on a real story. He didn't say who. Right. But it was a very famous American actress. Yeah. So who is it? I know. I want to know. And also, like, there are moments that, like, the end of the movie is very similar to the end of Roman Holiday, which is a famous princess. Mm -hmm. And 
she falls in love with a reporter, but who's basically just like a quote unquote regular human being, <laughs> a regular person. Civilian. And the end of the movie is is kind of similar to the ending of that movie. So I kind of I loved that, too, because I love Roman Holiday. Yeah, you do. So this one was very well received by critics and it became the highest grossing British film of all time at that time. Yes. So it stars, of course, Julia Roberts as Anna Scott and Hugh Grant as William Thacker. What a great last name. William Thacker. (laughs) Hugh Bonneville as Bernie and Emma Chambers as Honey Thacker. The best. The best. James Dreyfus as Martin and Reese Ifens as Spike. Oh, Spike. Also the best. (laughs) Yes, I love Spike. Tim McKinnery as Max and Gina McKee as Bella. Richard McCabe as Tony. And then there are two very small cameos or parts. One is Misha Barton when she's 12 years old. Mm. She plays a young actress that's in the same movie as Julia. And then uncredited is Alec Baldwin, but he plays Anna's boyfriend, her American boyfriend, Jeff King. Jeff King. Shocked me that he was uncredited, though. Yeah, I don't understand the reasoning behind that. Like, why are you uncredited? Maybe it's like from a pay standpoint, they're not going to pay you. So if they aren't going to, I don't know, I'm just guessing. They're not going to like use your name. Right. I mean- He's such a well-known actor, and he's only in one scene of the movie, but it's a pretty important it scene, and he does a good job in it. He does. You know, so I don't know. Fun facts. Fun facts. It's time for fun facts. <laughs> there you go again. No listener or friend has sent in a fun fact song, so I'm just going to keep making up stupid ones until somebody <laughs> figures it out for us. You're the best song maker rapper there is. My little jingles. (laughs) So the first fun fact, Julia Roberts was the one and only choice for the role of Anna Scott, but they didn't think she was going to do it. We saw an interview that she did. She hated it. She Mm -hmm. thought the idea, the premise of the movie was dumb. She didn't think anybody was going to be interested in that story, which I don't really know why. Yeah. But she didn't. But then her agent had told her it was the best romantic comedy she had ever read. And so then Julia read the script and she was all in. The rest is history. And Julia was making lots of great choices movie-wise at that time. Yeah. Also, it was a unanimous decision to cast Hugh Grant as William Thacker because he and Richard Curtis had a writer-actor marriage made in heaven. Uh, Michelle said that Hugh does Richard better than anyone else and Richard writes Hugh better than anyone else. And that Grant is one of the only actors who can speak Richard's lines perfectly. And this makes sense because in some of the interviews we were watching, some of the journalists were asking Hugh if this was, you know, Four Weddings and a Funeral Part Two. Mm -hmm. And it's basically because that was also a Richard Curtis film. Right. And Hugh was starring in it. And he's like, it's absolutely nothing like Four Weddings and a Funeral. Like, yes, it's the same writer. And yes, it's the same actor, but it's not the same. It's the same team, different story. Yes. Now, we said before that this film has been likened to a 90s London version of Roman Holiday, but Curtis has said he's not seen that film. That's funny. So. Yeah, I don't really get it. I mean, I don't know if the ending is just a coincidence. Maybe. Or maybe he had inspiration from other people that were working on the film as well to kind of, they could tell that it sort of felt the same. Yeah. So. 
I mean, it's definitely not the same story at all, except right. for the fact that it's a famous person and a non-famous person together. But, yeah, which is, a, it's not like Roman Holiday is the only movie to ever use that trope. So right. I get it. So Richard Curtis chose Notting Hill as the setting for the movie because he lived there and he knew the area. And he said that Notting Hill is a melting pot and the perfect place to set a film. Mm -hmm. So this left the producers to film in a very heavily populated area, which I can imagine would be pretty difficult. Yeah. Kentworthy said, early on, we toyed with the idea of building a huge exterior set, and that way they'd have more control because they were worried about having like Roberts and Grant on the streets with thousands of onlookers. Right. But in the end, they just decided to go ahead and film in the streets. But I guess they had enough security that it ended up being okay. And I bet you they would have gotten close with their sets, but that setting is so perfect. Well, now all I want to do is go to Notting Hill and walk around because I know that that is actually there. Yeah. And we saw. In 2018, I think it was, or 2019, Hugh Grant was doing a promotion. Oh, it was for Red Nose Day and Omaze is yes. the company. Omaze and Red Nose Day, they were giving away a trip to Notting Hill. You get to see all the sites and then you get to go have afternoon tea with Hugh Grant. In the garden. In the garden. That's in the movie. And I was like, how did we miss this? I know. And I think you also get to like walk around with Richard Curtis. Yes. Like he's the one that gives you the tour of Notting Hill. Like you get to see the blue door and you get to see the travel shop and all of that. I wonder who won that because that's amazing. I know. Another little fun thing we saw was just there were a few pranks and like silly things. Like Julia Roberts used to throw fruit at Hugh. Constantly. Between takes. Yeah. I think it was probably that he was a little uptight and she was trying to lighten him up. Right. He did say he was kind of nervous, which is so strange to think about. But He said a similar thing with Meryl Streep, you know, where he was nervous around her and stuff like that. So it just must be how he is. But I like that, too, because it makes him seem a little more human and yeah. normal. And then they pranked him when they're at dinner. And they're doing the last brownie scene. He had those white pants on and they stuck a brownie in his chair. So he sat on it, of course, and they were laughing at him anytime he stood up. So that had to be a lot of fun. What I loved was that I had heard that. And then we rewatched the movie because we actually watched this to cover it back in the spring. Yeah. And then like summer happened and we ended up pushing it off and we just never got around to covering it. So we rewatched it recently. So I was looking for any shots I could see where he had brownie on his butt, but they like conveniently covered it up. Jerks. <laughs> so Will's house was owned by Richard Curtis. And behind the entrance is a grand house, not the flat that we see in the film. So it's just that famous blue door, which was actually auctioned off for charity. But the current door is blue as well. Just couldn't be anything else. No, it has to be. Now, this movie has a fun soundtrack. Uh, it was composed by Trevor Jones, and it has some great hits, at least for the time. Right. No Matter What by Boyzone, You've Got Away, the Notting Hill remix by mm. Shania Twain. I Do Cherish You by 98 Degrees, <laughs> She by Elvis Costello, which is such a great song. Yeah, I love that song. Ain't No Sunshine by Bill Withers, How Can You Mend a Broken Heart by Al Green, When You Say Nothing at All by Ronan Keating, although we were saying we kind of wish it was the Alison Krauss version. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of goodies. So this opened over Memorial Day weekend in the U.S. and Canada, which was the same weekend as Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. So this is why I missed it. <laughs> uh, but it opened at number two and actually still grossed nearly $28 million, which was the biggest opening ever for a romantic comedy, beating My Best Friend's Wedding, which also starred Julie Roberts. <laughs> And one month after its release, Notting Hill lost its record for the highest grossing opening weekend for a romantic comedy. 
to Runaway Bride, also starring Julia Roberts. My goodness. (laughs) The hits keep on coming. It then became the highest grossing British film of all time, as we mentioned at the time, surpassing the record set by Four Weddings and a Funeral in 1994, (laughs) which also starred Hugh Grant. So they were it for a period of time. Yep. Breaking your own records. Oh, yeah. All right. It's time for favorite moments. So number one for me, when they break into the park or when they're trying to break into the park and William keeps falling down and he says, whoopsie daisy. (laughs) And I love it because you get Julia's laugh and it's like subtle at first, but then later she like full on cracks up and gives her famous laugh. Yeah. And it's such a funny kind of a vulnerable moment, really, because, you know, he's embarrassed. Right. He can't get up there. And then she she walks over and just like, get out of the way, <laughs> climbs up over it. It's like, oh, don't, it, it's not going to work. You can't get it. Oh, oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a fun little moment. It and is. then they go into the garden and that's when you say nothing at all is playing. and. She turns around and kisses him. Yeah, they're on the bench. Yeah, they find the bench. Oh, and this is where we see she reads it off. For June, who loved this garden. From Joseph, who always sat beside her. And she sits down and he starts to like walk away and like give her, he can tell that she's touched emotionally. Mm-hmm. He starts to walk away, give her some space. And then she's just like, come sit with me. So sweet. Yeah. All right. So my first one. When Spike calls William a daft prick. I love it. I love Spike, obviously. Yes. But every time I hear him say that, it makes me laugh. Well, and in this moment, he's talking to his friends, trying to get their advice about what he should do because he has turned Anna down. Yeah. And nobody else will really say. They're just like, yeah, that's like, yeah, good. You did like, the right thing. Actress, all actresses are mad anyway. You know, just all that kind of stuff. And then Spike walks in late and they catch him up on why they're all there. And he just looks at him and says, you daft prick. So good. It's so great. It's like (laughs) he's the only one that's willing to be honest. And then he looks at everybody else and they're all just like, yeah, he's right. (laughs) (laughs) Number two for me. This is such a sweet moment. It's when they're all this is right after your moment, actually, where Mm -hmm. they jump in the car and they're racing to the hotel to go get Anna. And they're all like piling in. And Bella is still sitting on the sidewalk. She's in a wheelchair and they're all piled in. And Max, her husband, is like, where's Bella? And Honey's in the back. She's like, she's not coming. And he's like, oh, like, hell, she's not or whatever he says. And he jumps out and he makes everybody move over, moves Spike to the back of the car and picks her up and puts her in the car and they throw the wheelchair in the back. He is not leaving her behind. He's not. It's such an unexpected but amazingly sweet moment. Oh, it makes me emotional every time. This is one of those movies, we were talking about that, where you truly care about all of the characters, not just, you know, Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant. Right. Like some of my favorite moments, obviously, are with all the friends. Mm -hmm. I love it. I do too. All right, my next moment is probably the most famous one from this movie. Mm -hmm. But when Anna delivers the line, I'm also just a girl. Standing in front of a boy, asking him to love her. It's so amazingly well done by Julia. She's just so vulnerable there. She is. And you can tell like her little smiles, like she's nervous Mm -hmm. and emotional. Like she's just, she's perfect right there. Just trying to hold back, like, because you can tell like her eyes are a little watery. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that it is like, even though she's this famous actress, you know, really in this moment, she really is just. Totally stripped down of all of that because she just genuinely 
loves him. Right. And she knows she messed up. Yes, she did mess up. But she also just really wants him to see her as Anna and not as Anna Scott. Yeah. Not this famous actress. My number three, I I wrote down just like all the friends interactions with Anna. But when Anna comes with William to Honey's birthday party at Bella and Max's house and Bernie's there, they're from Bernie. Honey is William's sister and she's just a kooky character. Just all the interactions with them just adjusting to the fact that this famous person has just walked into their house. They're trying to hold it together and not ask too many questions. You know, they just want to kind of go with it. But they're like, how is our friend (laughs) William with her? Yeah. You know, and there's so many moments there, like, honey, following her into the bathroom. (laughs) She comes back like mortified. Like, I was was just standing there. I don't know why. (laughs) She asked me to leave. And then the best is when they're done with dinner and, well, Bella asks Anna how she likes her guinea fowl Mm -hmm. that Max has made. And she, like, whispers to her that she's a vegetarian. But then Max asks her right after, like, so how's how's the guinea fowl? And she's like, best guinea fowl I've ever had, you know. (laughs) And you see Bella kind of soften to her and, like, realize, oh, she really is a nice person. She is. You know. And then Bella's funny later on. When they're leaving and Max is standing right there, they're saying goodbye to Anna. And she's like, don't worry, Anna, I won't tell Max that you're a vegetarian. And he's, he's <laughs> yeah, like, like, I'll so wait mortified. till you're gone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> until I tell him. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And she's just like, oh, God. But the best moment of all in this is when there's one brownie left and they decide that they have to fight for who is like the, how do they say it? Like the saddest case, you know, like right. who's got the the biggest sob story, basically. That's mm-hmm. not how they worded it. I can't remember how they worded it. But so they kind of go around and they tell all these reasons why they're the most pitiful person there and they deserve the brownie. And it gets emotional because like Bella's talking about the fact that she's in a wheelchair. They're yeah. talk- Honey's talking about how she hasn't had a boyfriend in years. And Bernie, I can't remember what his thing is, something with his job. Yeah. And it does a really good job of ping-ponging back and forth between heavy and then funny. Yeah. And then they all decide that William deserves it. And of course, they take moments to embarrass him and tell her that his nickname in school was Flopsy. Right. And he's just so embarrassed, but (laughs) she's loving every second of it. And so then, you know, he's like, fine, I'll take the brownie because he just wants them to shut up. But then Anna's like, well, wait a minute. What about me? And they're like, you think you deserve the last brown? And she's like, well, at least a shot at it. Mm-hmm. And she goes through and tells this dramatic story about how difficult her life is being an actress. <laughs> and you do feel, I mean, because she can sell it. Yes. You know, like you feel bad for her. And I'm sure there's a lot of truth in what she's saying. But as she's done, you know, it's all quiet and everybody's staring at her. And then they're just like, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Which is great because it's so serious at that right at that moment. And I love it. I love it when they lighten the mood right there. It's great. They're like, don't buy it. (laughs) Nice try. All right. My next moment towards the end of the movie. It's actually right before my second moment. It's right at the beginning of that conversation between Anna and William in the bookstore. The annoying customer, I think, is what he's credited as. It's the tall, bald guy walks in and immediately William just goes, don't even think about it. Go away immediately. Go away. (laughs) I love it, too, because we've already met this annoying customer a few times and we know he's annoying, you know. And so William is like, this is not the time. (laughs) He's just so quick and serious to turn him, just be like, immediately. (laughs) I love how he says immediately. (laughs) And every time I see this scene, it cracks me up. So HM's. I love that whole scene where, you know, William is sad because it hasn't worked out with Anna. She's left. 
and he's walking through the farmer's market in Notting Hill and Ain't No Sunshine when she's gone is playing. And we see him go through, like, as he's walking through, the seasons change. So we're just seeing time pass. But they just do a brilliant job of keeping it looking, you know, continual. Like, he's just walking through the whole time. Right. And there's so many little details. Like, every time I watch it, I pick up on something new. Like, you see a woman that's pregnant. And then, like, down the road, you see her with her baby. Yeah. Stuff like that. I just love it. And you go through all the it's win- like this winter, perfect, spring, summer, fall. Yeah, it's this like perfect, I guess it's kind of a montage, but what a unique montage. Yes. And just a perfect shot overall. It's incredible. I love it. All right, my first HM. Back to this scene when everyone is over at Bella and Max's house. But when Bernie first meets Anna, he doesn't realize who she is. And he just... He starts talking about one of his friends that's an actor and, you know, they make like $8,000 or something like that. He's like, oh, it's just a terrible, terrible business. And he asks her, what type of acting do you do? And she says, film. He's like, well, what did you make for your last film? And she's like, $15 million. And he's just like, oh, well, that that's good then. <laughs> <laughs> right after that's when he finds out that it's Anna. Because yeah. she that's when she goes to the bathroom. Yep. And then he finds out. He's like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> It's just so funny. Yes. So my next HM is when they're at Tony's restaurant closing and Honey makes the announcement that she's decided to get engaged. The most wonderful man. And she goes on to describe him, you know, and William being like the protective older brother, like, wait a minute, I should know about this, you know. And he goes on talking to his friends and then she looks at Spike and she's like, by the way, it's you. It's so cute because he's so shocked, but he looks so pleased. And then he just says, groovy. Yeah, it's such a cute little scene with her. Like, she's so unique. Mm-hmm. And that, like you said before, like these characters don't get a ton of screen time, but you just want to know more about them. That's how well written and well acted they are. I would watch a movie just about the side characters. Absolutely. My next two are actually both spike moments, so I'll do them both. But I love when they're up on the roof and William finds out that Spike has not been relaying all of his messages to him. (laughs) And I just love how Spike's like, oh, am I to be recording all of your messages? (laughs) It's like such (laughs) such a pain in the butt roommate, but he just makes me laugh and I love him. Like he didn't tell him that the most famous woman in the world called him. Yeah. Some American (laughs) bird called you. (laughs) (laughs) And she left a name. Well, what was it? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, that is definitely unique to the time because obviously these days he would have his own phone. He would. And the next moment with Spike, when he's trying on all those shirts in the beginning of the movie. Yes. And that last one that he comes down with and it says, you're the most beautiful woman in the world on the front of it. And William's like, yes, yes, that's a that's a great shirt. Wear that. Because the other ones were all like very, Awful. very crass. Yes. And then he turns around and it says... Fancy a f- <laughs> <laughs> It makes me laugh every time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And my last one is just the end of the movie. I love the fact that they wrap it all up. You get to see scenes of William and Anna together in their lives. You see them showing up at a red carpet event together and you see their wedding little scenes of like all the fun characters dancing at their wedding. And then in the end, you see them in the garden and they're sitting. Well, William is sitting on the bench and she's laying her head in his lap and she's pregnant. Yeah. So it's just, you know, tied up in a nice little bow. It is. 
I don't know why we haven't gotten Notting Hill 2. They should still do it. With them all older and what's this child that they had? What about Spike and Honey? All of this. Yes. We need to know more. I'm very greedy about that kind of thing. <laughs> Max and Bella, they have the cutest relationship. I they love do. it. Bernie, you know, does he ever find love? Does he ever find love? <laughs> While it has been a long time coming, I'm very happy that we got to cover this because this is one that perhaps I watched back in the day, but I didn't really remember it. But it's now one of my favorite movies. Really? It is. I love it. I love that. Now, we have differing opinions. I struggle with Anna through most of the movie. Yeah, you don't find her very likable. I don't. But I get your perspective on it to where she's very guarded. But I'm there for William. I mean, I'm there for William as well. But I just think... That is a unique situation, more unique back then than it is now, because nowadays you can be famous for pretty much anything. Right. But to be like on that level of stardom and fame and not being able to go places without having paparazzi in your face and, you know, never knowing if someone is really in a relationship with you for you or just because you're famous, you are. Also, like, I love that moment where they're at the restaurant and they overhear these guys all saying awful things about her. Right. Absolutely slagging her off. Yeah. (laughs) But William takes up for her. He does. She takes up for herself. She does does the better job Mm -hmm. of sticking up for herself, to be honest with you. Right. Her biggest mistake in this was just how she handled the situation with Jeff, her boyfriend, and not telling William about him. And that was all a little fuzzy. Don't forget about the movie set either. Yeah, well, she she explains it. She but explains that still it because she said that guy feelings. is the, like the biggest blabbermouth in Hollywood, and so she didn't want to say like that. Oh, I'm dating that guy mm-hmm. or whatever. So I understand. I get it. I try to be understanding as well. <laughs> so it's 1999. What were you listening to? What are your favorite songs or some of your favorite songs from 1999? Definitely some of because yes. there are so many good ones. But my number one is No Scrubs by TLC. Such a fun song. It's great to sing with your friends while you're riding around, which is what I used to do. And the video is something else as well. It's very 99. Yeah, we were talking about that in our Janet Jackson episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where it looks like they're like in that small room. It feels like futuristic looking. Yeah. Fish islands. Fish islands. Yeah. Very popular at that time. Yes. Trendy. Super trendy. (laughs) All right. Number one for me, Steal My Sunshine by Len. I know it's all This song is just like, it's summer. Yes. Whenever I hear this song, I want to be outside in the sun doing something fun. Riding on your scooter? Riding on my scooter. (laughs) That's what I always think of when I think of that video. You know what I read today was that the group and everybody in the video were all drunk while they were filming. So (laughs) they wouldn't let them ride on like real motorcycles. So they gave them scooters. Here's your scooters. (laughs) L-A-T-E-R that week. Okay, my second one is probably one that you don't know. I don't. It's by the British boy band Westlife. Swear it again. Yes. 
This song is just a whole vibe for me. It's a whole feeling. It's that time of my life where I was really into boy bands. <laughs> and I just remember it being on the radio while we were doing a lot of fun and exciting stuff. Yeah? Yeah. Well, good. Good <laughs> memories. I have zero memories of this song or with this song. Well, I'll play it for you in a bit. Thank you. All right. My second one, Ricky Martin, Live in La Vida Loca. There's so much energy in this song. <laughs> it always gets me pumped up when I hear it. So well done, Ricky Martin. Your choices have surprised me on this one. I love it. Well, listen, I could go the rock route, but at this point, rock had changed a little bit. It seems like you were listening to the radio a little more. I was. Like just popular music. Yeah. And I, well, I had to drive more at this point. Mm -hmm. So I did have the radio on more often. Yeah. This song reminds me of like TRL. Yeah. Because it was definitely up there on the charts. Yeah, this song was huge for quite a while, yeah. if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. A really fun video, too. Yeah. Another great movie from 1999, some great songs, great memories. It was a good year, and so I'm glad we got to go back and visit it again. Me too. Hope you enjoyed. Goodbye. 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 <laughs> goodbye. I, I said, said good day, sir. <laughs> <laughs> So if you're not already following us on Instagram, you can find us at We Don't Want to Grow Up Pod. You can join our Facebook group, which has changed names. It is now called The Cozy Club dash fans of We Don't Want to Grow Up. We're slowly growing over there. We have some great mods, Joanna and Stephanie, that are helping us out, starting conversations. So come over there. It's a good time. It is. We're on TikTok at We Don't Want to Grow Up. You can email us at we don't want to grow up at gmail.com. If you'd like to help support the podcast and all of our other endeavors, you can become a member of our Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. There you can gain access to bonus episodes and soon to be extra content. Another way you can support us is by giving us a five-star rating if you listen on Apple Podcasts and leaving us a nice review. You may listen on other platforms and maybe there's another way that you could rate us or review us there. So if there is, please do so. Those numbers do matter. So if you could do that, we would really appreciate it. Also, you could help spread the word by sharing about it with your friends and family and on your social media platforms with your followers. <laughs>